right, good morning, my friend. Preacher John here in Boulder, Colorado. Folsom and Canyon today. Welcome to the channel and uh, welcome to your life in Christ. So I preach on the streets here in Boulder. I'm at 28 different locations in my city, 28. And uh, every Sunday I'm at the same location, 28th and Pearl. So every single Sunday I'm always there. Uh, I kind of rotate in different corners. Uh, next week I'll probably start, uh, next Sunday I'll start on another corner that I was been at through the summer uh, because where I was at through the summer was cool and comfortable because of the shade. But now that it's moving into winter time, uh, I'm gonna move on the other side of the corner. You'll see me there. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I circulate through Boulder at 28 locations, 27 now, 27, on a nine week rotation. Three times nine is 27, plus the one on Sunday gives you 28. And every Thursday and Friday, I'm out of town. So this coming Thursday is the first Thursday. First Thursday, I'm in Broomfield, Colorado. And then on Friday, the first Friday, I'm in Denver. So, and then so I rotate through different cities. So currently, we're in 16 different cities in the state of Colorado. I'm called to the state of Colorado to build Gospel Evangelist Church. And uh, Boulder is kind of our hub, our center that we, so the, the calling was, I want you to build me a church in the state of Colorado, in the city of Boulder, and I want you to name it Gospel Evangelist Church. Scripture foundation is Mark 16, 15 through 20. And it goes on from there. I got about two and a half, three pages of notes the Lord gave me on how to build this church. And I've been working on that for a long time. And I'm gonna hold the whole story there. Am I coming in okay? I don't know if I turn this down a little bit, I don't know. But anyways, uh, so uh, this is one of my corners. This is November 1st and I'm scheduled for this location here. Uh, my Wednesday locations, I have early morning prayer at five o'clock, 5.30 in the morning. So I've been going since 5.10 this morning and I was already out of the house, in boots on the ground at 5.30 this morning, praying in the dark with my flashlight, uh, walking around and praying for Boulder High School along with my brother Brent, God bless him. And then I came back and got ready for the class. I did the class. It's a really great class. I really enjoyed it. And then uh, got ready, did all my updating, still kept working in the ministry, and uh, hurried up. And I'm kind of late because of all the work I was doing earlier after the class. And now I'm out here, and I'll preach till 2 o'clock. And then at 2 o'clock, I leave here, and I get home about 2.30, 2.45. And then I spend a couple hours uh, working on the video, getting it ready to go up line. And then at 5.30, if I catch the 5.37 bus out to my uh, church, out to our church, and then I'm out there till 10 o'clock. Uh, we, we end our service around 9, 9.30. And by the time I get home, it's 10 o'clock, 10.30. And then I spend another 30 minutes to an hour kind of updating a few other things. And it's usually 11, 11.30, sometimes midnight on Wednesdays before I get to bed. And then I'm up early and start it all over again. So today is one of my very long days, 17 plus hour day. So uh, we're putting the hours in serving the Lord. We're not just sitting around wondering what to do next. This is the last season of my life. This is my November here is my official month that I turned 70. I turned 70 on the 7th and uh, kind of a big deal to me. That's three score and 10. The Bible says that uh, He's given all men three score and 10, but by the reason of strength, he'll add another 10 to that. So it looks like I might have another 10, maybe more, who knows? But uh, life changes 
in an instant. You can be healthy and wealthy and wise one day and uh, something totally changes the next day. I've, I've had that happen all my life. When you get to this age, you have a lot of people who have died, lots of people who have died. And uh, sometimes people in their earlier parts of their life experience death in their life, but uh, many don't. Many of them don't experience the death of family and friends uh, until later in life. So by the time you reach this age, you've experienced family members dying. And that's a really a weird feeling. Uh, kind of shakes your foundation a lot, especially when your mom and your dad die. That really, uh, as a child, uh, you know, same mom, same dad, you have a kind of a, a funny uh, feeling when they die. And uh, that might be what the Lord will go through when he has to, uh, you know, cut people off. Uh, I'm really serious, if you die in your sin, the wages of sin is death, and uh, you don't want to go there. Uh, I see it in the Word of God, the King James specifically, all throughout it, that uh, it, you can be engrafted into that tree, the tree of the Hebrew family, that's a Gentile, engrafted in, be adopted into the family of God through Jesus Christ. Uh, however, if you uh, leave and you uh, go in your own way and you go back into the world and you just live in sin and you die in that sin, uh, there's a great opportunity there that you won't see heaven. You'll be cut off from the family because you did not endure to the end. You endured for a while, but not all the way to the end. And uh, if I was a military man, which I am, and I had, uh, we had probably 150 some odd people who joined the military, all going to Vietnam, because Vietnam was still hot and heavy, when I joined the military, Navy, uh, there was only, uh, out of the 150 or so people who joined, only about 90 of us graduated. What happened to the other 50 or 60 guys? They didn't make it, they didn't endure to the end, they were cut off. They signed up, they said the pledge, we dedicated our life, they were military property, we were being trained to go to war, but they didn't make it. They didn't make it. They were discharged. They were discharged, they were cut out, yeah. so. The example is everywhere. It's a spiritual example, a physical example. That's just the way life is, you know? Another example would be uh, a mother and father who has a fairly well-established estate, and uh, they have children, and say one or two of their children, of a handful of children, decide to uh, quit their family, quit their business, and go off on their own and denounce their mother and father and just say, I don't want anything to do with my mom and my dad. Chances are what most parents will do was they'll cut you out of the will too. Yeah, they'll cut you out of the will. And that's happened before. And uh, that means when they die, you don't receive the inheritance. So they, you see there's examples all over the place. And if you don't want to accept that, well, read the Bible more often. And uh, that's where the fear of God comes in. If you don't have the fear of God, like on my shoulder here, it says fear God. If you don't have the fear of God, then you're not gonna have wisdom or understanding, because the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, and the fear of God is the beginning of understanding. So it's your choice. You can do whatever you want. Amen? So uh, let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that I can stand on a street corner, and I can preach the Word of God, and I can lift up a banner in just a moment, Lord, and people can watch me, or they can hear me, or they can do whatever they want to do. I don't really care, Lord. I just want to do what you want me to do, not what people want me to do. And I give you this time. I honor this, you, Lord by my presence here because you've asked me to be here and I want to be an honorable 
faithful vessel for the kingdom of God, filled with the Spirit of God, honoring my Father which is in heaven through my Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All right, so uh, commercial time. Let me set this down right there. So uh, right here, we have our True Study, Gospel of Andrews Church, True Study. And uh, this is a church school, our True Study. We're building a church school, not a Bible school, not a ministry training center, not some college or some university. We're building what the Lord calls a church school. Now understand what school and church mean. Church means family, family of God, and school means also a gathering, a grouping together. So a family that becomes together. So uh, uh, school can also mean one accord. Like if you see a school of fish, you know it's that we use that word school of fish because all the fish are in harmony with each other. They're moving in sync with each other. They're in one accord. When you see birds, when the geese are flying this time of year, uh, they already started flying, but they're flying a year. They're flying in a school. They're flying in formation. All right. So that's a church school, a family that's in formation, or a family that's in unity and uh, all in one accord. We teach one accord in our family, in our yeah, our family, our church. And so uh, that's what this is doing. This is the first book. So I was working on book two and three, and so I've got book two up there, and I finished book three this morning. And I've already started in book four. So book three I'll put up on the printer uh, probably tomorrow if I can. Uh, but uh, so there's going to be a total of eight of these books. They're more like a kind of like a log book format. I'm a long haul trucker of 40 years, 3 million miles. I retired as a long haul trucker and I logged all my life. I've logged all my days of my life, except when I, I mean those days too. <laughs> all my life I've been logging since I was 23 years old when I bought my first truck. And so that's how the Lord has instructed me to do this. It's a log book, and in the beginning here are all of our instructions. Let me can turn to it real quick. And the, and the uh, beginning here is all instructions. So these are all instructions on how to log the work that's in this book. It's not a Bible study. So I might keep saying that because people think this is a Bible study. No, it's not. It doesn't even say Bible on it. So why, why flip that word around? The reason people flip the words around is because that's how the church of God has been taught by Satan and by the world. Quit flipping the words around. Read it for what it says. It says G-E-C, Truth Study. Okay, first book. You got to train your eye nowadays because people are turning things around and making things symbols instead of reading the words. Really important to uh, do that. And that's what we do in this book. We get people into the Word of God and go into God. Not to me or to our church. Uh, we produce it, yeah. But we're also helping you in this because we're giving away 65 classes per each book. Live. Live broadcasting and recorded. And so that's two years worth of classes that we're giving away free of charge. We're also giving away every other one of these books. We're also giving away our profit potential that we could earn from these books. The only cost of these books is the printing cost of the book. We don't get anything. And uh, uh, so if you want to find out more, then you can come to the class and I talk more on that. So uh, that's the end of the commercial. 
I just thought I have to do, I, you know, I, I don't like doing that, but the Holy Spirit really wants me to do that, so I need to be obedient. I mean, don't you want to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is asking you to do? Or do you want to say, well, I don't want to do that. That's too uncomfortable. Well, you know, I say that too. A lot of things are uncomfortable. You think standing on the street out here preaching the gospel is, un is comfortable? Not in the beginning. Even right now, it's not comfortable because people walk by, people look, people stare. You look like an idiot out here doing this kind of stuff. But when you're lifted banner, you look like an idiot. <laughs> you know, you look stupid, you look foolish, but that's life, you know? And, uh, you know, so what, right? You know, just get a life, put the armor of God on, get out the door. You know, don't worry about what man thinks of you, you know? <laughs> Try not to. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's pray real quick one more time. So let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that we can uh, advertise the true study. Uh, we can come out and look like a ding dong out here to most people who are failing, who are failing and going to hell. Uh, we look foolish because the preaching of the gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing. So we know who's perishing. Even those Christians who mock us, who think we're foolish, uh, you know, maybe they're going to hell too. Even though they say we love Jesus and they mock me and they call me stupid, call me an idiot, call me divisive. They call me all kinds of stupid stuff. A believer in Christ, amazing. But uh, the religious spirit is mighty and strong and uh, uh, that religious spirit from Satan is uh, deceiving a lot of people, Lord. And so I just bind those devils. I bind those devils in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, so uh, we're in uh, the new Sunday prayer letter. It comes out every Sunday, hallelujah. I miss a few of the few of the weeks during the year because I'm still kind of doing this by myself, uh, all the administration stuff by myself. So uh, if things go not good for me, I have a hard time putting the letter together because every letter takes several hours to put together, and sometimes I don't have three or four hours because I'm just too exhausted. So, but I did write this letter here. It's on Acts 22. He spake in the Hebrew tongue. And we're still in the theme called Signs, Wonders, Miracles, Praise, Worship. That theme we've been in since, since January. And uh, we'll finish that theme off at the end of the year. And we'll go into a new theme next year here in another eight weeks because this is November 1st. All right. We'll also lift a new banner for next year. This is my 2023 20, uh, banner it's called God Bless You. I've had a new banner since 2019, a new message. So we have another new message that the Holy Ghost gave me for next year. And uh, I'll be submitting that to the printer, to the banner maker uh, here in this week sometime, hopefully. And uh, it'll be made and be ready for me to lift on January 1st or that first Sunday, uh, whenever the first day is. I don't know. I don't know when the first day of the... So I don't preach on Saturdays. That's my Sabbath rest in the Lord. Uh, but I do preach the next day on Sundays out in the street. And so I don't know when that is. Anyway, so I lift a banner from the first day to the last day of a year, and I fly the same banner. Now next year is gonna be a little different. I'm believing, this is what the Lord's showing me, is I created two banners this year. Uh, the second banner that I created is a banner that I've had before the Lord for two years, praying over it, asking the Lord about it. And I thought I was gonna lift that banner for this year until the Holy Ghost came in and says, no, you're not gonna lift that one, you're gonna lift this one. I said, all right. A lot of people don't understand that. They don't know how to follow the Lord because they spend no time talking to God, they spend no time in the Word of God, and if they do, they're, they're, they've got God in some kind of a box, some kind of a preconceived notion. 
That's what a lot of believers all over the world have got God figured out. They know, they think they know all about God. And when you pray to that God that you've got figured out, he doesn't hear you because that's not the God that you think he is. That's the God of this world that becomes like an angel of light. And uh, he mimics God very closely oftentimes. And it is very deceptive. He's the most subtle of all creatures on earth, most subtle. There's no one more subtle, more deceptive than Satan. I hear it on the street, I hear it on the street. I see it everywhere, actually. Thank you so much. Okay, so right there, you know, young girls mocking the preaching of the gospel. And so what does that tell you, right? They're going to hell, right? They're going to hell. They're 20 years old, thereabouts, a lot of college students in Boulder, and they have made their concrete decision that, uh, uh, of what they just said. I'm not gonna repeat what they said, it's not important. So that lets you know one more thing, that I'm not just talking to a camera. Like some people say, oh, he's just talking to a camera, or he's just a talking head. Look, I'm preaching the word of God, I'm preaching a message out on the street. Just because I'm not telling sinners they're going to hell, like you see on some other YouTube channels, which is appropriate because they are going to hell. That's not what I do. I'm sorry. That doesn't make me a not a not, not a street preacher. That just makes me a different kind of street preacher. But I'm preaching the word of God out on the street. This is the street. I'm not in the street. I'm on the sidewalk where most of us should stand. That's where we stand. So we're sidewalk preachers, I guess you could say. But we call it street preachers. We're to go on the streets and highways and byways and lanes, hedges, you know, go around the world preaching the word of God. So that lets you know that they know what I'm doing out here. It's not a mystery, it's not a mystery. Now, if you were here, you'd see that going on. You'd see all the stuff going on, you know? You'd see it. Then you would say, oh, he's just talking to a camera, you know? Well, maybe you're going to hell and you don't know it. You're on a slippery slope, man. It's icy. You better watch out because you're probably going to slide right into hell with that kind of a comment. And you say you love Jesus, I'm a Christian, and you tell me that, that's a form of mockery. Yeah. That's a form of foolish speak. And we speak out of the doctrine, the teachings that we have in our heart. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So if you speak words like that, and at the same time you say you love Jesus, then you probably are foolish and not wise. Don't know that. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that some of us are wise, some of us are foolish. Those who are foolish, Lord, I give them, I pray, Lord, you give them eyes to see the wisdom, ears to hear the understanding, and a heart to understand the knowledge of God. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. All right, so let's get into this. So uh, what I'm going to do here is I wanted to actually go through some of the stuff I missed on uh, verse 20, uh, chapter 21, but I, I, I don't feel led to do that. I'm just going to go down to Wednesday, 20, and I'm just going to preach right there. Uh, this is on the Sunday prayer letter. If you're on the email list, I really encourage everyone to subscribe to the email list because that's where you'll get the letter. Uh, you can go to the website. I don't put the letter up there on the website anymore, and nor do I do a podcast on the letter, nor do I do a video on the letter anymore. It's just too much work. Sorry, I don't have enough time. I only got so many hours in a day. I'm not five people. But I'm doing the work of, seems like five people. So, uh, but I did take a picture of this so you'll know what verses I'm at. So if that was of interest to you, 
uh, then you would already have gone through Acts 22 or looked at it or whatever you've done. But if you're not interested, then you don't know what I'm talking about, which is fine too, I guess. Maybe you're just curious what I'm doing. So uh, our letter has seven parts, one part for each day of the week because we preach seven days a week in our church. We're all training people to be preachers. Every one of us are preachers. We don't, we're not just people who warm a pew, warm a chair, and then say, thank you, preacher, thank you, pastor, and go home. We don't do that. We train everybody to do the work of the ministry, every single person, if you want to. I mean, we don't force you, you know. But after a while, you either leave the church because it's so uncomfortable for you, or you just, hey, I think I'm going to do that. And you begin learning how to preach. You know? And some people, you know, anyways, it's different for everybody. So this is part four on Wednesday, Acts 22, verse 12 through 15. Let's just do that. Verse 12 through uh, 15, all right? And uh, let me uh, kind of talk as I go along here, all right? So the, kind of my preaching style is I talk through the Word of God. Uh, I don't just say a verse and then put the Bible away and preach for an hour on something I read an hour ago. I kind of talk through the Word of God. I kind of teach, preach, talk the Word of God. I kind of explain the Word of God. Some people have said, you're more like a commentary style of preacher. Something like that. I, I don't, you know, I don't like labels that much, but I'm trying to give you an idea of how I, and I've always done this, I, I, since day one. I mean, I've never changed my preaching style since I was 20 years old. I'm 70, and uh, I've asked the Lord, I've tried to change, but the Lord is very, you know, just, I mean, it's <laughs> just the same thing over and over and over. So I don't copy anybody else. I wasn't trained by somebody else. I was trained by the Holy Ghost to do what I'm doing. It's like Paul was trained by the Holy Ghost. Paul wasn't trained by Peter. Paul wasn't trained by John. Paul wasn't trained by anybody but the Holy Ghost. Well, a lot of us around the world are trained by the Spirit of God. I'm one of them. You know, it's not just in the Bible, it's modern day also. Holy Ghost is still here, still doing His work. And I'll give you a great example of that. So uh, last week I was in Trinidad, Colorado for the week, five days. That's the uh, southern gate of the state that comes into the state and the end of the cross that lays over Colorado. And I had a very smart, intelligent man, very well put together, knew his Bible fore and aft, and had all these charts and numbers and calculations and scriptures. He had it all lined out and he knew exactly when the Church of Jesus Christ <laughs> Yay! <laughs> a lot of guys know me. I've been doing this for a long time in Boulder. I got over 4,000 hours on the street. But I just didn't start this a couple days ago. I've been preaching for a long time, but I've never been a street preacher. But I do have 4,000 hours on the street now as a street preacher. So I know kind of what I'm doing. I'm still learning a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> I'm learning a lot. But I'm getting more comfortable as I go along. So the gentleman in Trinidad uh, told me he knew exactly what day that the Lord would rapture his church, is what he said to me. I don't use the word rapture, I use the word caught up. That's in the King James. Rapture is not in here. I don't use words and phrases that are not in the King James. At least I'm a trying to. I was an NIV preacher for 25 years, so I still have a lot of New International Version, 1978 version. Understand the 1978 version is a 40 to 60% different than the 2011 NIV. 
they changed big portions of the Bible because they found new information. Uh, new information. <laughs> Jesus said, I haven't changed. Same yesterday, today, but, but they found new information. So they altered about 40% of the uh, 1978 version. And so but that's what I preached out of for 25 years. So I, I've been trying to get that out of me. I've been in the King James since 2014. And uh, never leave it. It is the Word of God. Period. I don't care what anybody says. There's not a soul on earth that can convince me otherwise. I don't care how brilliant you are, just like this gentleman in Trinidad. He was absolutely brilliant to me. Very highly intelligent. And he knew it all. He loved Jesus. He, he loved Jesus. He said he's born again. I asked him if he's born again. He said, yeah, blood of Jesus. You know? So he told me the date. I said, when, you, when, when is it? And he smiled, October 31st, 2023. And I just smiled. I said, thank you very much. Have a great day. And I prayed for him and he went on his way. Well, yesterday was October 31st. Now, am I the only Christian in town? Well, I've had several people acknowledge me. Are they not a Christian? Do we not have ears to hear? Are we not all preachers? I mean, you know, those who are preaching? I mean, if, I mean is God gonna leave one, all of us here except for one or two? See, it didn't happen. The rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ did not happen yesterday. Now, this guy's been studying for years all these charts, I mean everything. And, not, and he's not the only one. Since, uh, tw since the earth health issue, I bet I've been told by a dozen people on the return of Christ. And all those dates have come and gone, come and gone, come and gone, come and gone. You know what's happening to their faith? All these people have told me that. They're questioning their faith. They're questioning hearing God because some of them said they heard God speak to them and God told them the date. These are, these are people who love Jesus. These are people who are born again. And that's what I was talking about in the first part of the video. How can you be born again and violate the word of God when God says that no man, no angel of God, no one except the Father knows the day or the hour that the Lord's coming back for his church. See, so why even spend any time on that? Because it makes people look important. It makes people feel special. It makes a following. Some of those YouTube channels have exploded in subscribers and view count into the millions because some of them are very important people. Understand, I've been around a long time, so I've seen probably a half a dozen, maybe a dozen of highly visible, highly important, big men and women of God who have told people about the return of Christ and how and they gave dates. And you know what? Every one of them is gone. Every one of them is dead now. I'm talking about the ones that are, and they, that, that date came and it's gone. So, I'm gonna tell you, Satan is deceptive. Satan is the most subtle. You have a choice to make. You can listen to your pastor at church 
or you can listen to God through His Word. You spend time in His Word, you spend time in His presence praying to God with His Word, with the Holy Ghost, and things may change in your life. I don't know. It's between you and God. I'm just bringing light. I'm just shedding light on the situation. I'm not criticizing anybody, even though it might sound like it. I'm just shedding light. I'm bringing light to darkness. Because if you speak things that are not in the Word of God, that are contrary, opposing the Word of God, uh, or you can use the word obtuse to the Word of God. I think that's the word, obtuse. I think that's the right word. Don't know that exactly. I thought perpendicular. Uh, you can uh, uh, be swayed. Because now you're not walking in truth. You're walking in a lie with mixed with truth and if it's a lie mixed with truth the lie disappears I mean, the truth disappears and all you have is the lie not right away but as time goes on truth will not stay around a lie truth is eternal it doesn't change lies are temporal lies are going to hell right the father of lies is going to hell and under the lake of fire right so lies change lies keep changing as seasons and decades and uh, and uh, life goes on as hundreds and millennials go on lies change but the truth does not change see that's another way that's why we have a truth study we're studying truth I'm commissioned in the last six seven years by God to speak and talk and preach and teach truth how do I do that, Lord? Well, I don't know how to do that. That's why I said, how do I do that? Like what my title yesterday was, uh, what shall I do, Lord? What shall I do, Lord? And so I asked the Lord how to do it. I don't pretend like I know how. I don't go to the bookstore, the Christian bookstore, and look through all the books on how to preach the truth. Uh, I don't uh, go to some, I don't look around all different churches. I don't go to all these different uh, video channels looking for the truth. I go to God. I go to God. I know that sounds like a crazy idea to so many Christians, but that's, that's what we need to do, man. We're children of God, not children of the world. All right, let's go back in here now. 22 verse uh, 12. And one came into Damascus, oh no, and one, Ananias, a devout man, a devout man, dedicated to God, listening to God, praying to God. Ananias, very important man in the Word of God. He is an example to, uh, as a, I think Ananias is a Gentile. Yeah, pretty sure he's a, gen yeah, he's a Gentile, I think. Yeah, and, uh, but I may be wrong there. But Ananias is uh, Holy Ghost filled and uh, prays in tongues. He's a babbler to those Baptists who cannot stand tongues. So Ananias, that's in the Word of God, was filled with the Holy Ghost and spake in tongues. Spirit language, a new language, right? So sad. And he said, uh, let's go back to 12. And one Ananias, a devout man, according to the law. A devout man, according to the law. I think that's really interesting. In other words, he studied the law. And as you studied the law, which is the Old Testament for us, uh, you'll see that Jesus is prophesied, the Messiah, Christ, the Christ of Father, Christ of God, the, Jesus, is prophesied 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times all through the Old Testament, all pointing to the time, the exact and precise time that God ordained for Christ to come to earth. Christ is not Joseph's son, forget that, but mother, but Mary is Jesus's mother. But his dad, his father, is the fa God the Father. And that is not a genital situation. So many people get so wrapped up in the world trying to figure God out. Stop that. Just have faith. Have faith in God and uh, quit listening to people try to describe and teach you who God is. God is the description of God is in His Word, not in some man's theology because that theology will trip you up and will become a stumbling block in your life, right? Listen, and one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good report, having a good report of all the Jews. A report means a witness, a testimony. He had testimony, he had an honest report, he had a good report. That was one of the requirements of the seven, right? A man of honest report, filled with the Holy Ghost and full of faith, something like that. So, are you a devout man or woman of God, mankind, male or female? Are you devout? Are you studying the Word of God day and night? Are you meditating the Word day and night, never letting it depart? I don't know. Are you? It's up to you. Your lifestyle is between you and God, not between me, but I'll bring light to it constantly. And one Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there. How about that? That's pretty, that's really saying something. You know, I think maybe, not sure for example, but I may have a good report of Christians. I've had, I think I'm up to, I think I'm up to eight pastors now, seven or eight, I think it's eight, I lost count, of church pastors who pastor churches, some of them pretty big churches, who have all come around me and over the last four and a half years have kind of, quote, checked me out. And uh, some of them, before they knew me, didn't like what I was doing. They thought I was divisive. They thought I was dividing the body of Christ. They thought I, I was hurting the church of Jesus Christ here in Boulder. But every one of them has said, nope, you, you're doing a good thing. Keep on doing what you're doing. I like what you're doing. Every one of them. So I have a good report, an honest report of other pastors of what I'm doing. You know? A couple of the pastors have used me as an example in their sermons. How about that? You know, in a good way, a good example to their congregation. One of the church pastors here in Boulder operates several different churches, I think five different congregations spread throughout the different cities in Colorado, and he offered that me as an example in his sermon. And he asked everybody in his church, hundreds of people, you know the guy who holds the big Jesus sign? And everybody said, yep, we know him, we know him. How about that? I didn't know that, but that's what he told me. <laughs> and he told me, he says, he said, I told the congregation, he says, I relate to that man more than all of you. I relate and I, I relate or I am more, I'm more like that man with the Jesus sign around town than I am of you. I was almost a put down because most Christians in churches 
don't witness, don't preach, don't do anything for Jesus other than come to church, warm a pew, sing a few songs, jump up and down, shake people's hands, and go home and have lunch. And also probably give some money. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to keep the buildings that they're in. So somebody's got to be giving someplace. Money's got to be coming in from somewhere. Because uh, buildings aren't cheap, especially in Boulder. All right, so let's go down through here again. And one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there, verse 13, came unto me, Paul speaking here, came unto me and stood. How about that? When you've, all, when you've done all to stand, therefore stand. So Ananias came and stood before him. He didn't bow before him. Oh, Paul, he wasn't shaking in his boots, scared to death of Paul. Of course, at that time, Saul, that's his Hebrew name, Saul, or Jewish name, same thing, I guess. Paul is his Gentile name. God didn't change his name. That's another corrupt teaching out there. Oh, God changed his name when he was on the road to Damascus. That is not true. That might be in your corrupt text, but it's not in the King James, which is the Word of God. <laughs> Praise God, right? So let's go back here again. <clears throat> Verse 13, He came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, there it is right there, Brother Saul, call him a brother. How about that? He was, up to this point, Saul was taking people captive, imprisoning Christians who were following the way, Jesus Christ, and imprisoning them and doing away with them. Yeah. He had letters of authority to go into another city to capture all the people there that were in the way and bring them back to Jerusalem and try them for treason or whatever it was, you know. This is that guy. And here's Ananias stood before him and said, Brother, Brother Saul. <laughs> I mean, wow. The only way Ananias could have said that is he had a relationship with God. That's how he could have said that. If he didn't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, he couldn't have said that to Saul. Just think about it. We read, so many people read the Bible like a, some kind of a mystery novel, some old John Grisham novel, you know, of suspense, you know, or some other author. I've listened to a lot of John Grisham's in the truck. He's a Christian man. Anyways, let's go back into here. Came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. Wow. How about that? Ananias wasn't an apostle. Ananias wasn't a... Uh, in the Jerusalem church. Ananias wasn't, uh, he was, but Ananias said, receive thy sight. And guess what? Paul saw. You see, when you go to a church that says, oh, all the healings ended when the last apostle died, as if all the apostles were the only ones that healed. That's not true. And the reason people don't know that is because people don't read the word of God for themselves. See, that's, what's happening around the world. And that's my, one of my jobs as a preacher of truth is to get you into the truth, reading the truth for yourself, rather than trying to have somebody in your church or in your ministry or on YouTube uh, telling, telling you about the Bible. You do it, you do it. 
And if you can't read, let's say you don't, you're blind, you don't have eyes to see, I mean, seriously, physically, you can hear it. I've listened to Alexander Scorby read me the Bible thousands of times, thousands of times. Not once or twice, thousands over the last 30 years, right? Truck driver. <laughs> and so you can have them read the Bible to you, right? Yeah, so you can, it's no big deal. But stay in the King James. Stay in the, get in the King James and stay there and shut your ears off to all the mockers and haters of the King James. Right? Another mocker there. And they know what I'm doing. Believers know what I'm doing out here. Haters, Satanists, mockers know what I'm doing out here. Right? They know exactly what's going on. No question about it. All right? Came into me and stood and said, uh, Receive thy sight. And the same hour I looked up upon him. Same hour. Within that hour, he received his sight. I looked. There's Ananias. I could see. Yeah. Because Paul was blinded by the light. Once he saw, once that the Lord shined bright light around Paul, Saul and his uh, Paul or Saul, Saul and uh, his fellow travelers, uh, and heard the great voice, and that's when the Saul says, uh, "You know, who are you? <laughs> you know, uh, I'm Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus Christ of Nazareth." Is that what he says? I am Jesus of Nazareth. That's what he said, Jesus of Nazareth. All right. Amen, right? Know the Word of God. Know the Word of God. Right? Brother Saul, receive thy sight. In the same hour I looked up and up upon him. In other words, he could see. Verse 14, And he said, this is Ananias said, The God of our fathers have chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will, and see that just one, capital J, capital O, that's one of the names of Christ, just one, and should us hear the voice of his mouth. <laughs> should hear the voice of his mouth. That's what it says, right? Let me say it one more time. And he said, look, the God of our fathers. Who's he referring to? Right? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All the way back up the lineage to the tribe of Judah, where Jesus came down. And then their dad, Jacob, which his name was changed to Israel. Isaac, Abraham. That's where the Hebrew people began. Before Abraham, there was no Hebrew people. Before Abraham, there was just Noah. <laughs> All, you know, Noah's time. All right? People of Noah, I guess you'd say. Noah and his wife and his three sons and wives, right? Through the flood. Because everybody was destroyed. But eight people, eight souls were saved. So everybody up to Abraham were of the family of Noah. Noah was the father. He was the top guy of all the people on earth, right? And then Abraham was found by God, and uh, that started the whole beginning point of Christ coming to earth, right? That's the whole story there. I'm not going to go into that. All right? And he said, the God of our fathers have chosen thee. When God has called you, when God has chosen you, that's it. I ran from God. I said yes in the beginning because I got excited. I was just got saved two weeks. God says, I want you to preach. I want you to minister, but first I want you to go to school. I got all excited, started preaching right away within two weeks at the Bible study on board our ship. And uh, 
I just kept on preaching. But after a little while, uh, I said no to God. I told no to God because I did not have any kind of foundation in the Word of God. The Bible says when the Word of God is sowed, the fowls of the air, which are the devils, they come to snatch away that seed. And that's exactly what happened to me when I walked out of the chart room on board Navy ship. I, I yelled out to God in the, in the radar room on board ship because nobody was there. We were, on, we were in port someplace in the world. I don't know where we were. And there was nobody in the operations, operations department. Walked in the radar room and it was dark and uh, I was in the chart house, a leading petty officer, and I said no to God out loud. And I, I heard and I felt a whoosh. That's what I felt like. I felt a whoosh. Something departed from me. And I felt naked. I felt uncovered. I said, what did I do? I remember that to this very day. What did I do? I made a mistake. What did I do? And for nine years, from that point, for nine years, I went through hell. I went through more persecution, more, pro I've never told this story, but uh, I suffered greatly. But crazy thing about this is I would, my testimony of receiving Christ was so strong. My conversion was so strong that no, even though I was going through this valley of the shadow of death for nine years till I was 29. Uh, I never stopped telling and preaching and ministering Jesus Christ. I was still preaching. I was still ministering. I was still confessing Christ as my Savior. But I was in a massive, massive battle for my life. Ain't kidding. Not going to go any further there. But that was the darkest nine years of my life. I've experienced one other time of utter darkness in my life in the ministry. I tell you, to, for me, that's why I'm so excited to be standing here because I have two major sections of my life that my life became dark. Dark, dark. There was nothing shiny other than that little tiny huh, flame, little match that was burning inside of me. That's the only light I could see. But that little tiny match, that little tiny flicker of a flame down deep in my spirit kept me going through all the darkness. And each time was many, many years, many years long. It wasn't a day or two. It wasn't a weekend or a day or two or a week or a month. It was many years, that first time being nine years. So the weird or crazy thing about these two dark areas is I didn't stop preaching. I didn't stop being a witness. I didn't stop being a soul winner. That's what really throws me. I didn't, I, I, I just didn't stop because of Revelation 12, 11. I kept giving my testimony. That's why I have it on the back of my gospel tracks. Let me pull one out real quick. It's on the back of my gospel tracks right there in red. Jesus, if you're real, here I am. My whole life changed. 30 seconds or a second or a twinkle of an eye before this prayer, I was a drug addict strung out on cocaine, serving in the military, almost committed suicide a couple of times, and lost everything in my life, afraid I was going to be thrown in the brig. 
And then I laid in my bunk upon my, in the operations department and I prayed, Jesus, if you're real, here I am. And I had a miracle take place. And that miracle was sustained me through all those dark years. A miracle. And if you don't have a miracle in your life, I am so sad for you because you need to have a miracle. And all those churches who teach against the miracles of God are sad to me. Paul had a miracle. It says here, The God of our fathers have chosen thee that thou shouldest know his will. Know his will. Know his testament. Know who Christ is. And see, not just know, but see. To know is the spirit in your heart. To know. But then you need eyes to see. I got like all these people looking at me now. I felt eyes, like a ton of eyes all looking at me because I've got 30 or 40 cars here, half a dozen cars here, and everyone is sitting right to my right here. All right, I have said, the God of our fathers have chosen thee that thou shouldest know his will and see that just one. The just shall live by faith, faith in the one, Jesus Christ, the Holy One of God. Who are you sovereign, serving, following, and loving? The world? I don't know the just one, and should hear, hear, see, see, know, and hear. That's a full understanding of God. And hear the voice of his mouth. I think that's all I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read 15 too. All right, let's go down to 15. For thou shalt be his witness. Oh, there it is right there. That's the title of our sermon, be his witness. If you're wondering what the title of our sermon is today, be his witness. Be his witness. Be a soul winner for Jesus Christ. Be a witness. To be a witness, that means you have to have a witness. You have to see the event take place. I saw my salvation and I experienced a conversion, a changing from an old man to a new man, from darkness to light. I experienced it firsthand. That's why I could go through all those dark times and not wonder if I was saved or not. Never have I ever questioned my salvation. I knew for a fact that I was saved. I just knew I was in darkness, struggling. You can't mess around with me. I mean, there's nobody on earth that can convince me otherwise. I've had so many people come at me. I've had Satan himself. I don't say that. People don't like that. Never mind. Forget that, what I just said. People don't like that. I've worked in the deliverance world for many, many years, and so I saw things that most Christians never see. But I didn't know I was seeing it. God opened my eyes so I could see. Guess what? There's a whole world that you can't see. The whole world that you can't see. Yeah, it's the spiritual world you can't see. That's why one of my prayers before the Father, Lord, let me see heaven open and you standing by at the right hand of the Father. Just like Stephen. When I read that decades ago, I said, Lord, that's, that's my prayer. I want one day I want to be able to see heaven open. Wow, wow, wow. That's just amazing. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Just because this is talking about Paul, it's also talking about Preacher John and about you. 
Talking about every believer. You can go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. Do we have to see what Paul has seen? No, we see our salvation. We hear our salvation, and that's where you go. You start with your salvation. Like on my gospel track, once more time. I start right here. This is how I give out my gospel track. I don't do this. I said, this is me. This is my salvation. This is what I got, I got saved. I said, Jesus, I know, I just, you know, I go off and talk about my salvation, right? What saddens me a lot is when I ask a Christian, tell me your story, how you got to Jesus. Do you know some people that are believers get mad at me when I use the word story? Yeah. They say you shouldn't tell your testimony. You should live your testimony with character and dignity and all those other fruits of the Spirit. I, yeah, I understand that. You should live a holy life. You should live a, a, a worthy life of being a called a Christian. You should have all the fruits of the Spirit in your life. Galatians. But let me tell you, if you don't open your mouth and tell people your story, your testimony, and how you came to God, how you came to Christ, you're lacking a lot of things. Because Revelation 12, 11, let's turn there real quick and we'll end the sermon right there. Revelation 12, 11, you want to be his witness. So here's a Bible verse that I talk a lot about. This is the one I started with, and I've been using it for 50 years. You can use it too. <laughs> I don't own it. <laughs> Revelation chapter 12, but I preached it out of the Berkeley version. Because my first, uh, until uh, 1978, for four years, I preached out of my little New Testament Berkeley version that I got out of boot camp, my first Bible, real Bible. All my Bibles before that were all Catholic Bibles because I was raised Catholic. But I preached out of the Berkeley version. So I don't know what the Berkeley version says. I still got that Bible someplace. I don't know where it is. But, uh, but this is in the King James. Uh, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And they overcame him by the him. By the blood of the lamb, the thief. They overcame the thief, the devil, by the blood of the lamb, Satan, that's Satan, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimonies, and they loved not their life unto death, lives. So this particular Bible is a King James Bible, but it's a Hendrickson printing. Hendrickson, right there. The King James Bible in 1611 was printed by Robert Barker, the King's printer. And uh, at that time, I don't want to go launch teaching. Anyways, uh, people, I mean, what am I going to do here? Anyways, so it's just a tad different, but the doctrines aren't changed. Just a lot of the different spellings and the punctuations a little different. But it's my street Bible. It's what I preach out of on the Bible, uh, here on the street. So there's a couple little words here and there that are a little off, but they're not doctrinal words. Uh, doctrine means teaching. That's still the correct word, all right? So that's it. We'll go back to 11 again. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They loved not their lives unto the death, all right? That is uh, Revelation 12, 11. We overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb, by the words of our testimony. We love not our life to the end. Let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that you did your job. You hung on the cross. You shed your blood the remission of our sin and we go through that veil and we thank you Lord that we are holy we can go into the holy of holies now as saints and priests of God 
And we thank you, Lord, that because of that, we have a testimony, we have a word that we can tell people on how we got saved and how we came to Christ and how we came to eternal life and how we received you by faith. And Lord, you're helping us by your spirit not to love our life, to love the world and to store up treasure on earth, but to store up treasure on heaven and to live a holy life, pure, without blame, without spot, looking up and being ready for the return of you. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray that you come in your name, Jesus. I humbly pray. Amen and amen. All right. So, uh, praise God. That's the sermon on uh, this title was uh, uh, Be His Witness, I think is what it's titled. Be His Witness. All right. So, this is the end of that sermon. Be His Witness. Hope you got something out of it. So, today's Wednesday, tomorrow's Thursday. First Thursday of the month, I'm in Broomfield, Colorado. And uh, first Friday, I'm in Denver. All right, so Broomfield, and then off to Denver, and Saturday's my Sabbath, and then Sunday is my first day of preaching. First day of the week, I preach. All right, Sunday is not the Sabbath. Saturday, the seventh day, is the Sabbath. All right, and it looks that way still today. And uh, God bless you, man. I love you very much. Take care.